the Cock and Bull Podcast. And if it's your first time listening, welcome to the Cock and Bull Podcast. It's a history thing. Over there is my co-host, Nathan. I am Spencer. Hey, how you doing? Hello. If you are just listening to this, if this is your first episode, stop, pause, go back to the Rainmaker, come back. You're welcome. (laughs) Don't start at one. No. If we can reiterate a point from that, don't start at one. No, just go back like four episodes and and then start from there and then you can finish then you can go wherever you want. But that's where where you start. And pay no attention to the 74 episodes behind the curtain. Oh, Just kind of go go from the last 30 number. No, yes. We're going to both celebrate the road to 100 and pretend that the majority of it didn't happen. This is very much like high school graduation of like, yeah, no, this was great, wasn't it? Then you actually look back on something and go, oh, God, no, it wasn't no shit. Oh, God. (laughs) Nathan, April 12th, 1880. Oh, dear. This one comes from Andy. I want to thank him for this one. Eben Byers was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Oh, Yinzer. He was educated at St. Paul's School and then Yale College. Oh, shit. Like the Yale? He pl- the Yale. Oh, fuck. He played for the men's golf team, the Yale Bulldogs. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah that, that is Yale's mascot. Too aggressive of an animal for a golf team. It's it, 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 you say that, but as someone that owned a bulldog, some of them aggressive's not necessarily the <laughs> thing. I don't know what sport dearly departed Myrtle's energy would have encapsulated, other than uh, fishing, uh, <laughs> where it, you just kind of sit there for ninety percent. No, 90% no, of the no. Day. Whatever, whatever sport is best for people with massive anxiety issues, I'd imagine. And I don't, I don't know what one attracts us the most, but no, that was her jam. He played for the men's golf team and would go on to be a semi-pro in the sport. Shit. In 1906, Byers was named the champion of the U.S. Amateurs Golf Tournament. Fuck. He'd been trying for years, too, having been runner-up in 1902 and 1903. Nate, where do you think this one's going? Uh, (laughs) Just based on the start. Honestly, you're just telling me about a Pittsburgh-based golf guy who's not, like, the best at golf. He's pretty damn good at golf. And like that, that's it. I don't, I don't know what, I don't know. He's going to go be a financial advisor. I don't know. Well, oh, Nathan, good, good call in the left field, because thanks to my favorite source of all time, a 1922 book called Who's Who in Finance and Banking. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it's bad that I was able to get that that close one. Damn it. Yeah, yeah. We know that Byers was eventually appointed chairman of the Gerard Iron Company. And um, if I may say a word about Who's who in finance and banking? Oh, oh, please, please elucidate. It it sounds like it is going to be. I don't know about you, but when I hear that, that sounds like it's going to be a gossip catalog, like a bunch of names. It, it all it is though is a bunch of names and addresses and what co- it's the phone book and what company they work for. It's the fucking banking phone book, and it's nine hundred and thirty two pages. <laughs> Look, there are in a lot. really small font. Really <laughs> small font. There are a lot. There's like no spacing. I expected any modicum of interesting detail out of it, but 932 pages, Nathan. Who's who? Who's <laughs> who? We have the internet, gang. We got this. I just the thought of the labor that went into the 1923 volume. <laughs> like, didn't you have to like type shit by hand back then? I, I, think you still, I think you still carved it in papyrus. The Gerard Iron Company was one of the world's largest steel companies, and pretty soon Byers would become its president thanks to his shrewd business skills. And the fact that his dad founded the company. Oh, well, that helps. He was the personification of the Roaring Twenties, a well-to-do socialite nepo baby and industrialist who wanted to live out his 40s like he was still in college. In 1927, 
Byers was on his way home from a Harvard v. Yale football game. And was hit by a train, and now our real story <laughs> begins. On that train was a gentleman. Riding what was referred to as, quote, the party train. <laughs> At some point in the party voyage, he fell from his upper bunk and nearly broke his arm. Oh, no. One can only assume he was partying at the time. Oh, no, he almost, bro almost broke his arm. Well, shit, this must change the course of his life. To assist with the pain, back home, Pittsburgh physician Dr. C.C. Moyer suggested that he take Radithor. <laughs> take what now? Despite it coming at the recommendation of his doctor, Radithor wasn't, technically speaking, a prescription <laughs> because Radithor wasn't genuine medicine. Radithor was what's known as a patent drug. Patent drugs refer to medicines that aren't prescribed by doctors or filled by pharmacists. You might be thinking of household painkillers then, like Advil or Tylenol, but those were, once upon a time, reputable prescription medications that just became over-the-counter staples. Patent medicines, on the other hand, never had such reputable origins. They don't have to show you their whole ingredients list. They're heavily protected by trademarks, and they rely heavily on advertisement. Patent medicine gave rise to mainstream advertisements as we know them, going all the way back to the 1600s. The snake oil came second to the flashiness of its bottle or the catchiness of its slogan. Radithor came in half-ounce bottles and sold for a dollar a pop. Can't really, can't really get a get, gauge that. But what what do you, you think about like as shots or what? Oh, half ounce bottle, like uh, smaller than a shot, I think. Okay. Um, slightly smaller than a shot. It's, it's a real baby, baby bottle. Um, so okay. So what's fact, terrifying then is I know what they put in stuff that they gave you a big bottle of. So Spencer, what did they put in something that small <laughs> that they were able to charge money for and people kept coming back more than once? Well, its only ingredients were triple distilled water and radium-226. There we go. There it is. Yeah, I knew. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. It was made by William J.A. Bailey. Bailey was born in 1884 in Boston, Massachusetts. He went to the Boston Latin School, a public exam school established in 1635, making it the oldest public school in British America and the oldest standing school in the United States. He attended Harvard University, but would later drop out. That didn't stop him, though, from calling himself a doctor to boost sales. That, that, that's, a, that's a true Harvard dropout man right there. <laughs> that's, look, if you, may, if you went to Harvard, you're going to make it one way or another. You got it. You, you're done. It works. It's on the resume, baby. Can't take that off. Permanent ink. Around 1925... He opened Bailey Radium Laboratories in East Orange, New Jersey, and began selling Radithor. Bailey's advertisements swore that Radithor could cure over 150 ailments and was harmless in every aspect. No, oh, there it is. In every aspect. Every aspect. Mm, mm. All of them. You can't even... Look, if you, like, breathed this, if, you, if, you, if it went down the wrong pipe, no, that still couldn't hurt you. You would feel better. You would breathe better. I mean, obviously. It was referred to as perpetual sunshine and a cure for the living dead. Okay, not a cure for like making, not 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 something for making the living dead, because this does feel like a Radex product. <laughs> oh, this Radithor belongs side by side with every other drug in Fallout. 
I mean, this is definitely ba- this is definitely a uh, a nitro based substance. Bailey offered a thousand dollars to anyone who could prove that his product contained anything less than one microcurie of radium two two six or two two eight. Fuck you. No, but- no, no. Because no, we have a problem. We have a problem here. We need to stop. Mm-hmm. Because they're dosing it in microcuries. <laughs> Which means they know there's a unit of measurement for it. What happened to, to Marie Curie? <laughs> we, we're too far along the path to not know that no, no. Curie, as a matter of fact, isn't going to die for another 10 years. Oh, shit. Oh, God damn so, it. All right. So she's. So oh, it's enough good. that she's got. I mean, because she discovered. No, it's uh, hers. Yeah, if you decay, knew what radium you know? was, it was. She was the. I mean, the unit of measurement would have had to be immediately named after her. So, no, no, fair, fair, but so, okay, so she's still not dead, so we don't, oh, we don't know the trad. good. Well, he's not a, so he's not a serial killer, per se, he's just like <laughs> what uh, the, the Sacklers are, or something like that. No, because they're serial killers, they knew what they were doing. Uh, uh, you're already giving Mr. Bailey a little bit of benefit of the doubt. Sorry, Dr. Bailey. <laughs> Oh, sorry, yes. Sorry, sorry, doctor. Not a doctor, Bailey. Not a doctor. Definitely not a doctor. Legally not a doctor. Radithor was also said to boost the endocrine system. Of course Something which is rumored to have been the actual reason a 47-year-old party train riding Byers was taking it. Oh, I forgot our doctor rolled into town. Okay, so now, uh, not our doctor, our bank boy. So we've got a bank boy who owns a, what, a steel factory or steel mill? Uh Uh-huh, something like that, yeah, steel company. Some, some, Some bullshit and ran nonsense. Um and and he's now taking uh radium straight he's to taking the dome. radium and they're basically saying he's taking it as a radioactive boner tonic. Wait, that's wh- that's what they're getting at. That's the rumor is that he was he was a bit of a silver fox. He never wanted his twenties to stop. College Yale was where he peaked. So he really, really ooh, ooh. Which by the way, I do want I don't know if I ever bring it up in the script. It is kind of funny that we've got we've got Evan Byers and William Bailey. Harvard, Harvard Yale. I was going to say, the Harvard-Yale duel here is very, very, very palpable. Improved blood supply sent to the pelvic organs and tonic effects upon the nervous system generally result in a great improvement in the sex organs, touted a pamphlet entitled Radithor, the New Weapon of Medical Science, no! which was mailed to every doctor in the uh, Northeast in the mid-1920s. No, fuck off. The, we've had those... Ele- it's not like Opp- I saw Oppenheimer. They were not all walking around with raging Viagra boners the whole time, and they were, like, around <laughs> a lot of it. Like, there was a lot of it there, and not even a little bit, like, a lot of it, and they're fine. <laughs> they're not They're not the horned-up monsters. Like, no. If anything, the, the amount of sex scenes took a steep dip once they got to Los Alamos. <laughs> no, there were, the sex scenes didn't... Yeah, no, the sex scenes were all pre... Yeah, Berkeley, and then and then the, the other one, like in the at the end. Yeah, no, no, absolutely, you're right. It was very, it was a very unsexy time in in the in the in the New Mexico desert. Byers didn't have any concerns about taking radioactive water to dull his pain, of course not, or up his dick game, um, because after the discovery of radioactive decay by Marie Curie in 1896, radioactive medicine became a booming industry. But today, it's referred to as radioactive quackery. Now, none of this is to be mistaken, by the way, with radiotherapy. Chemo and all that is actually a viable method of treatment where you can kill dangerous cells by hitting them with radiation. But that's the thing. You're it's effective because you're killing something inside of you. Yeah, no, they know what you're getting it. Like everyone knows what you're signing up for is like the bad one. 
because what you're holding is a concentrated death beam and and where radiotherapy uses it to kill really dangerous cancer cells and hope that it doesn't kill you in the process. Radithor is like, nah, just drink it, dude. Gatorade, baby. <laughs> Ride the lightning. Five hour energy. Radithor, get some. Fuck like a tiger. Radithor. <laughs> Your cub's green now, motherfucker. Deal with it. If your boner lasts less than four hours, give me a call. You get your money back. Radithor, why is my dick glowing? Deal with it. Radithor. <laughs> <laughs> Crack it like a glow stick, Radathor. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. We're sorry, Radathor. <laughs> we are legally not thought advice, Radathor. <laughs> They'll find the egg faster because they glow. <laughs> Radathor. Oh, I have trouble peeing at night. Not anymore, Radathor. <laughs> that one was good. I like that one. <laughs> In, in 1912, you could buy revigorator pots, which would slowly seep radon into your drinking water. Oh, fuck off. It's an auto-waterer for poisoning yourself? It's, it's like a reverse Brita filter. <laughs> we make your water more poisonous. Put one of those in a Brita filter, like side by side. It creates perpetual <laughs> motion. We crack fusion. <laughs> The 1910s also saw the rise of radioactive spas, which would add naturally sourced radon, yeah, organic, GMO-free, yeah. to their waters for guests to soak up through the skin. Oh, feel that invigorating, Why? rejuvenating radioactive water. It made things glow! Why? Similar spas currently exist today, Nathan, no! right now in 2023, Stop! in Germany, Ukraine, and Austria. All right, well, I mean... No comment. Pass. <laughs> and in Germany, they're actually covered by public health insurance. Oh, fuck. Okay. This, Germany, this is why. This is why we can't have nice things. Because you go do this <laughs> bullshit, and then they go, well, look, we can't pay for people to go get radio radioactive <laughs> surgery or whatever this bullshit is. I don't know about that. But God damn it. Just do normal shit. Fuck. <laughs> do we have to bring back honey mummies? I'll do it. Call back. <laughs> in the 1920s. A German industrial firm was using thorium to make gas lanterns. Normal, they were still doing that by the time David Hahn was scraping yeah, was them to say, make. That, that Hahn was, goddamn, thor thorium's not a good one either. This is all bad. With all this extra radioactive byproduct on their hands, uh, this company used its leftover thorium as an additive for toothpaste. What? God damn it. Why? Why? Nathan, they're married. They're like they're like chocolate and peanut butter. Here's the, the next peanut butter and jelly. The Spencer, next step. Here's the thing. I I'm always kind of bamboozled. Because people are like, oh, they put fluoride in the toothpaste and they're trying to kill you. Oh, it makes the frogs gay and all this bullshit. And I'm like, you sound silly. That's insane. That's a conspiracy theory. How dare you? Go lay down. And then you just told me they put radioactive shit in the toothpaste. They, Why? and I can't, can't, let's not blow over this part too. They being the lantern people, the natural The Coleman lantern step. people looked at the crest people and went, well, we're both in the seas, right? We got to go to the company <laughs> retreat together. Might as well. There was, there was like a political marriage between the toothpaste company and the lantern company. They're like, <laughs> how do we, well, if you're going to be in this business, wait a minute. <laughs> there was a Romeo and Juliet situation that ended up with, I don't know, a lot of glowy radioactive teeth. I'm noticing that uh, some of your cancer shavings over here are just going to waste. <laughs> <laughs> and so was born the Doramad radioactive toothpaste. 
Why? It's, it's radioactive content was promoted as imparting healing benefits. See, that's the problem is we're doing something. The, the problem, I want to like, like be like, those morons, the problem is you know we're fucking doing that with something right now. We don't know what it fucking is right now, but you know if something, <laughs> there's something. It's like, going to be like MCT oil or something like that. It's like, oh no, that straight up melts your penis. Uh, but we didn't know, <laughs> so we were just pumping it in left, right, and center. Like, I don't, I don't know. We're, gonna, we're doing that now. Just, we don't know it yet. To someone... Our great great grandchildren will yell at us from from the future. There will there, the world will be on fire. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Here's a little snippet from the back of the tube. <clears throat> what does Doramad do? Through its radioactivity, it increases the defenses of teeth and gums. The cells are charged with a new vigorous life energy, which inhibits bacteria in their destructive ability. Hence, the exquisite prevention and healing effect on gum diseases. That Polishes enamel to the softest, shiny white. Prevents tartar approach. Good foam, new taste, pleasant, mild, and refreshing. Yeah, new. The new taste. The new taste is your your tongue melting. That's the taste. That tastes like Nagasaki. Use extensively. Of course, you should use it extensively. Use it on the children. Get it on the dog. Use it on your neighbors. Everybody gotta get them. Gotta get the life energy. What kind of fucking monk shit is? What sort of like we're pumping Reiki key. energy into my <laughs> teeth? Key. They're dead. It's bones. It's not real. Oh my god. Use extensively. You brush three times a day with Doramod. <laughs> That's just so bold. Like use it. Eat it. Chew on it. It's a snack. That tagline should be on a lot more products, I feel like, because that's just marketing. That's the natural step of marketing. I work in advertising. Why didn't I think of this? Ending a product synopsis with, buy more. <laughs> buy a lot of it. Consume. Fucking slogan of cornflakes. Cornflakes, eat more of them. <laughs> during the German military administration in occupied France during World War II, We've taken a slight left turn. This is a slight not, one. Where you've got the Nazis in France. This is not great right now, man. A group of German scientists stole all uh -oh. of the thorium that they could uh -oh. while in occupied France. Uh-oh. <laughs> Nazi scientists got a bunch of radioactive shit, gang. We're going to make a Nazi death ray. The Alsos mission, a allied, uh, I believe that was an allied spying op, um, thought that the Nazis were using the heavy elements for the refinement of uranium to be used naturally in an atomic bomb. Yeah. However, the Allied agents uh, later captured and interrogated uh, German chemical company representatives, and it was revealed that the scientists were not seeking to develop an atom bomb at all. Uh, rather, they were trying to make more thorium toothpaste. <laughs> Fuck off, no. Mein Führer, we've, we've run, in order to sustain this, this radioactive toothpaste, we, we must conquer the French. <laughs> the, the, the other shit needs the stains on my teeth. I need my brands. Go get the thorium. Mein Führer, I've cut back to only one Doramad toothpaste per day, and my gums are in so much pain. My teeth hurt. My teeth I need more. Life, the life energy, Mein Führer, the life energy. You fucking know Hitler was always looking out for more sources of life energy. Oh, you fucking know. He wanted oh, to yeah, mine the moon for that shit. That fucking warlock, you know it. So, that's that's where we're at as a species. <laughs> just, this is just a normal fucking thing. That is why Eben Byers did not blink twice. 
Oh, yeah, no, this is the equivalent of the kid being like, it's got Tylenol in it. Like, oh, cool. Neat. The Nazis were conquering, were jumping the Maginot line to fucking make more radioactive toothpaste. <sighs> Beginning in December of 1927, Byers was drinking three bottles of Radithor per day. Woof! He felt invigorated, though. No! <laughs> Damn it! And he, and he wanted everyone to know about it. Uh, it was working. That's fair. He gave cases of it to his business colleagues. <laughs> so he, weird. <laughs> come on. Come on, man. You've never been to like an office potluck and your boss is like, here's Viagra. <laughs> no, because that, that's what you I'm You got to try this shit. I'm like, what great. is the comparable? Like you it literally, I've never been to an office party. Like, hey, man, you want, hey, look, look, this shit cleared up my, uh, my, my sore shoulder. Hey, it made me fuck like a machine. <laughs> you want some? <laughs> Like that doesn't happen. I'm I work where this dude works. That does not happen. Maybe it's a different time. I don't know. Me too may have ended that shit. I'm not sure. Nathan, be honest. Be honest. Do you think your name would be in the 2023 module of Who's Who in finance and banking? I, I Spencer, what I'm saying is, would it you might, like to think so? Uh, what I'm saying is, it, 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 it might not not be. <laughs> he he, uh, he also fed it to his race horses. Of course he did. Because they weren't fucking hard enough, I guess. Here you go, go Seabiscuit. Go to town. Run a million miles an hour, Radithor. <laughs> Horses will have human children, Radithor. <laughs> We're making centaurs out here, Radithor. <laughs> he even made sure that his girlfriends had plenty of Radithor on hand. God. Honestly, that's the only one that makes sense if his many girlfriends have it, because at that point, that's just birth control. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's, you're not telling me that putting a fucking radio a mini nuclear reactor in your belly uh, ain't ain't helping ain't helping that that situation. No, 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 no. You know that was two different versions of a pamphlet going out too. You're <laughs> never gonna have kids, Radithor. <laughs> M- make the strongest babies, Radithor. I've seen advertising today when there's like rules and like people go to jail for it and even they promise them crazy i don't want to know what they were promising back in the- byers was always a hit with the girls in his college days and thanks to radithor that virile young man was finally back this is just like eugenics is all this is this is just eugenics this is advertised <laughs> on the joe rogan podcast right now in 1930 his teeth started falling out well, of course they fucking did. You're taking radiation. That was in December. What does all so did, uh, did their life energy fall behind? <laughs> well, that I mean, look, he wouldn't be having this issue. That's not Radithor Nathan. If he'd been using Doramod. <laughs> oh, I forgot he wasn't using Doramod. None of this would be a problem. <laughs> Who had digivolved into Crest at some point, I assume. That was in uh, December. So three years in, I believe. Three years Looks of drinking Radithor. What I'm saying is you can you can ride that that lightning for a little while, baby, but it's gonna catch up. It's gonna catch up. So a couple months back, he was already complaining to his doctor that he had lost the toned up feeling that it was once providing, and and now he's lethargic, he's losing weight, and he's having frequent headaches. Welcome to addiction. Also, you're dying of radiation poisoning. <laughs> And this was the same year that the Federal Trade Commission was coming down on radioactive patent medicines, of which Radithor was indisputably the king. Hell yes! Our regulatory overlords. You did it, Bailey. <laughs> Top of your class at something. 
It wasn't always like this, though. Not long before they began building a case against Radithor, the FTC was coming after patent medicines for not putting an exact number on their radioactivity. So, so the issue was, wasn't the fact that it was radioactive. The FTC was mad <laughs> that they weren't telling you exactly how radioactive it was. Full Adults are adults, but you have to give everyone all the facts. But that all changed. The following year, in 1931, the FTC was investigating whether these radium water medicines, plural, there were a lot more than oh, just Oh, yeah, no, no. If, there, if there's fentanyl, there's, there's all sorts of others. Not to mention, it, it was hardly Bayer's first brush, actually, uh, before the radium labs, um, or whatever the fuck I called it earlier, <laughs> before uh, before his, his Radithor gig, he had made several other boner tonics. They were all just gum like a cannon. <laughs> just speed. He's just making speed. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, that was his game. That was his game. Was he, His target demographic was dudes who wanted to cure their impotency. Crank. Crank the movie. Sorry, Jason Statham. <laughs> Radithor stuck, though, and it stuck hard. They asked Byers, the FTC asked Byers, if he'd testify against Radithor. He was a perfect candidate, a well-respected man about town, uh, a who's who in finance and banking. Over, over the last two years, he had drunk approximately 1,400 vials of it. What? 1,400? Okay, so what? what? You said it was an, uh, an ounce? A half ounce? Uh, half ounce bottles, yeah, and three of them a day. 14, and you said 14,000. Yeah, 14,000. 14, no, no, 1,400. 1,400. 1,400. So that's seven. That's 700 ounces. Uh, uh -huh. What's 700? What's what? That's that's like a that's like a two liter of of radium just just mainlined. That uh, the, that's about five and a half gallons. So it's that widest kids you know. Or sketch of just with the gallon of PCP. The gallon of PCP. It's, it's, this is the gallon of PCP. <laughs> Here's a man that would have walked around with a gallon of PCP. And uh, and and Nathan, because he had drank approximately five and a half gallons of this over over two years, um, that's exactly why he was too sick to appear in court. Well, yeah, because he's falling out like a Mr. Potato Head. So the FTC sent an agency lawyer. Um, to retrieve testimony at Byers Mansion, doing Jesus. a little house call. House call for a deposition. Uh, what the lawyers saw was nothing short of a nightmare. I'm imagining just just for the rest of you, if you want to do this game with me, I think it'll be fun. <laughs> uh, I'm if you've seen the movie Red Dragon, the uh, sequel to uh, <laughs> Silence of the Lambs. I'm imagining yeah mm -hmm. uh, Gary Oldman's character in that movie, if you can call that Gary Oldman underneath all of that. Uh, that guy, that guy's what I'm imagining. Quote, his whole upper jaw, excepting two front teeth, and most of his lower jaw had been removed. Yeah, uh-huh, uh, pretty on par so far. He's like a skull beaver. He, he's, uh, he, he's a ghoul from the Fallout universe again. Back to our Fallout metaphors. The lawyer reported that, uh, quote, all the remaining bone tissue of his body was disintegrating, and holes were forming in his skull. Wah! Becoming a Swiss cheese man. Ah, he's turning into the fucking, he's like slow motion uh, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> it's happening at way too slow. It's happening at like the slow-mo guy's speed. Like, hey, we've slowed it way down. By the end of the year, the FTC had forced Bailey's operations to close for good. 
Byers died a few months later, on March 31st, 1932. He died in New York City Hospital. His cause of death? Radium poisoning. You don't say! Dr. C.C. Moyer, however, the Pittsburgh physician who prescribed Radithor to Eben Byers, denied any of his patients had suffered from radium poisoning. Moyar went on the record and said that Byers had died from a combination of blood diseases which had induced gout. <laughs> which gout? Which You're does to do not a gout? Gout does not make it say it with me at home, folks. Does not make your face fall off. <laughs> does it turn you into a ghoul? The news was frightening to the upper class of New York. <laughs> oh no. No, what what shall happen to the let them eat cake crowd on what on Fifth Avenue? Uh, it was also reportedly quite alarming for the horse racing scene. <laughs> Horses were flabbergasted. Why are the way uh, J- Johnny? Why are my uh, uh, legs fall uh, disintegrating? I'm so, I'm sorry, old Billy. <laughs> New York City Mayor James Walker, an avowed radium water user. Oh, I, <laughs> that that is that is his title in the article I read. <laughs> said that he was skeptical of the correlation and pushed back on warning the public about its dangers. What the fuck? What the hell? This is like the guy on the, in Jaws who's like, we can't close the peaches, but for <laughs> radium poisoning your population. It's exactly like that guy. It's like, it's, it's like crack-smoking mayor <laughs> denies crack epidemic. Just, yeah, no shit. Oh, my God. Rumors swirled in Pittsburgh that one of Byers' girlfriends had also died of radium poisoning. Oh, good. Oh, you mean tits falling off Jane? No, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> but did she have a baby in her? No? Yeah, works every time. <laughs> Health officials in some cities had any and all radium water tonics removed from store shelves. Good. Good thing. Oh, good, great good, thing good. that happened. Oh, glad we got, oh got, to, got to the bottom of this four loco crisis. Other doctors took to educating the public about the dangers of radioactive medicine. One doctor went on the New York radio program uh, and brought a Geiger counter to the radioactive bones of a victim to demonstrate for the listening audience the deadly sound of radium. Oh, my God. Clickety, clickety, Them bones, them bones. I'm just imagining the spooky, scary skeletons dance, but they're all radioactive. Accompanied by a washboard. Yeah. And coming up next, jazz. <laughs> Just that's on the fucking radio. That's uh, on the ra- this is what death sounds like. <laughs> I'm holding a meter to the bones of a, of what was once a living man who died glowing. And the weather. <laughs> is this worth a good fucking to clear up your syphilis quicker? I forget what we <laughs> even use this shit for. It's just a kid who's waiting for his fucking his drama to come on. <laughs> Traumatized for life. He's terrified by the sound of a creaky door for the rest of his life. <laughs> Scientists in the late 1900s did a reconstruction of the supposed amount of Radithor Byers had been drinking. They found that he'd ingested enough radium to kill four men had he taken it all at once. Well, good for him. Good for him. Honestly, a testament to how fucking tough this dude Again, was. Stan level motherfucker if I've ever seen one. A, a golfer of legends. I mean, man. Um, quote, the mystery is how did Byers survive so long, feeling so good, and have such a super lethal burden in his body? <laughs> I'm going to put my card in for positive mental attitude. <laughs> Uh, the the honestly though, like the luxury 
of having a relatively stress-free life up to that point where like all you do is party and fuck and you i guess pop into the office of the company your daddy gave you as a present after you play golf there's yeah there's no way this guy worked a day in his life that's the only way he lived this long drinking poison because yeah, no, no, the rest of his life was fucking awesome yeah it's counteracted with that like with that like upper class like we don't need what, what, what health care what are you talking about? i don't need health care i'm just never sick what, what are you, what are you poets talking about? You know what it reminds me of? There's, there's, uh, there's always these weird correlation studies that miss the mark entirely. That you'll see them pop up like today. I get like at least three of them from reputable magazines and shit that say, you know, oh, new study finds that like people who play racket sports live, you know, like 10 years longer. And it's like, it, you know why? It's because they're fucking rich. Because they're all rich. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's cause- not because tennis makes you immortal. Yeah. <laughs> What's in this yellow felt that's giving them immunity to the... It's like, no, they just don't have shit to worry about. You know, we're going back to the Warlock of Wimbledon, another Scooby-Doo episode from the late 70s. I, I'll let you have it. Yeah! I'll let you have it because that's the most relevant segue you could have had. Their findings led one scientist, Dr. Roger Macklis, to theorize that low quantities of radiation, like Radithor, could actually provide a, a temporary stimulating effect. It actually kind of could do what it said on the tin. It's thought that this was a side effect of the radiation doses provoking a defense response yeah. in your body, dumping more fresh blood cells into the victim's bone marrow. That does get you invigorated, but it's a very diminishing return. Again, I imagine it's very much like heroin, where at the start it's like, oh, this is great. And then you're chasing that forever uh, while the rest of your body slowly eats itself alive and you die. Byer's death almost single-handedly caused the collapse of the radium patent medicine industry. It was the nail in the coffin. The FTC swung the hammer. Patent medicines dwindled significantly when the Food and Drug Administration started cracking down on regulations, but they didn't go away entirely. Today, plenty of antiseptics... uh, I'd never know how to pronounce this one. An- analgesics? Yeah. Analgesics? Yeah. And uh, some sedatives, laxatives, antacids, cold and cough medicines, uh, various skin preparations can all be considered patent medicines. Didn't they just like uh, come out like the FTC? I think I think that the same organizing body um, came out or maybe it was the FDA and basically said that like the antihistamine that they've been using in decongestants for like the last 30 years or, or whatever is just like it doesn't work you have doesn't to do anything yeah. it's, a, it's a full placebo it does nothing best case scenario though best yeah. case scenario is it doesn't do anything yeah if it does no active it definitely doesn't do what it says it does it might hurt but it definitely doesn't help throughout Bailey Radium Laboratories 10 short years 400,000 bottles of Radithor were sold. Nope. Netting him a 400% profit Uh at a a dollar a bottle. Uh William Bailey faced virtually zero consequences for his actions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got out of the boner potion game, and in World War II, he was appointed the wartime manager of the electronic division of the International Business Machines, or IBM. I was about to say thank you. The guy that made boner, radioactive boner pills was head of electronics at IBM. I have zero information on that side of the story. I don't really want <laughs> because any more. I Because I don't think there's a conceivable answer as to what relevant experience that guy had. He never faced any legal or financial repercussions, but he did die a painful death of bladder cancer in 1949. His remains were exhumed 20 years later for medical research 
and his bones were still hot to the touch. Hell yeah, baby. Hum with that radio. Small miracles. At least he died in pain. (laughs) And his bones are still hot, probably from being in hell. Folks, next time you're going to go buy uh, medicine that has like a doctor's endorsement on the front of it, please get your microscope out, get your magnifying glass, your spyglass. Look for the tiny asterisk next to doctor. They're very important. Dr. Scholes, I see where the fuck you've been doing. (laughs) This has been the Cock and Bull Podcast. Uh, We thank you all for uh, your, your continued patronage. Um, you can catch us on Tuesdays in our March to 100. We're getting there. We're close. We're getting there, Nathan. 97. 97. Seven. Oh, this Ooh. one comes out on Halloween. Shit, I just realized that. Oh, look at that. Oh, it's a spooky episode. It's a spooky episode. Uh, maybe, do you want to just real quick, well, let's do like a soundboard. We're going to do a bunch of spooky sound effects. Oh, good, good, good. And yes, I'm going yes, to yes, insert yes. them throughout. Did you like uh, a blah. blah. <laughs> that was thunder. That was thunder. Shh. <laughs> That's cool. All right, I'll take those three. We'll take those. We'll spur. We'll spur some around. Uh, you can catch us. You can catch us next time. Bye. <laughs>